Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Unprotected Sets captures the energy of a live comedy show and brings it directly to your ears. Part stand-up, part interview. You'll get an inside scoop into the tragically funny lives and minds of rising star comics. Real, raw, and funny. It's Unprotected Sets. Welcome to the stage, Kellen Erskine! Hey, how are you doing? It is good to be here. Great to be a part of this social experiment. (laughs) Now I'm going to talk about the pandemic for about 25 seconds, and then I won't for the rest of my set, because I'd rather just forget this year altogether. (laughs) I think the feeling is mutual. Everyone, I think even in the history books, they're just going to skip over it, like how some hotels just don't have a 13th floor. I just want to say that if you're the type of person who will not wear a mask because you're not at all afraid of catching COVID or spreading it, but you still would never move to California because of earthquakes, (laughs) you shouldn't be allowed to vote, okay? Because you're... Your brain doesn't make sense. I travel all over the country. I've asked audiences in every major city, if there's a reason why they would never live in California, what would it be? Earthquakes is the number one answer everywhere I go, which is crazy. Only two people have died in an earthquake in the last 18 years in this entire country. But the earthquakes answer I mostly get from states that have tornado season. Right, the entire eastern seaboard has hurricane season. Just come over to California. It's safe. It's warm. <laughs> People say that California lacks seasons, but we have all of them. It's a big state. You can go skiing in Tahoe. We just don't have the seasons that'll throw your car into a billboard. <laughs> and we pay taxes for that privilege. But the point is... If safety is your priority, you live in Oklahoma, especially you're in a trailer, drag that thing to San Diego. (laughs) A trailer is the safest place you could possibly be in an earthquake. You kidding me? Worst case scenario, your house falls over, you just hop out and pop it right back up again. (laughs) It's fine. And nobody, if you grew up in California, uh, nobody walks around in fear 
of earthquake. We don't even think about like if I miss a text early in the morning that says, did you feel that? I'm disappointed that I didn't feel that. <laughs> I have to make up a text just so I could like fit in like, oh, totally. I, I thought it was a train at first. I don't make a good first impression. I, I stopped going to my bank because I went in one time and they were like, we heard you were a comedian. And I was like, yeah. And they said verbatim, well, we were wondering like what kind of comedian you were because you're never funny when you come in here. <laughs> I, wish, I wish that I had that. I hate that mentality too, that like the person that they think is a comedian doesn't exist. Because if that person did exist, you'd think he was a psychopath. If I like kicked in the door and I was like, what's the deal with these over limit fees, huh? Like seltzer flower. There's no way they would be like, this guy must be a comic, right? They would call the police. They would hit that button under the desk because that person isn't real. It's... It's a little unnerving to hear actual crickets during the show. <laughs> this is the first show I've ever done where it wasn't hyperbole. <laughs> I haven't performed in months. And immediately the universe is like, you're <laughs> so what are you guys afraid of? Let's get into this. Mountain lions? I feel like that's something that could happen to any of us right now, right? Like, we're, we're, Did you see one? Is that why you're saying that? What else? Homelessness. Homelessness? Wow, that's dark. Okay, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't mean, like, the impending, like, in a couple decades. Very possible, the way the stocks are going. I've, I've never heard that answer. There we go. Spider, that guy yelled it like it's happening right now. <laughs> Spiders! We'll get to that in a minute. That uh, That's mine. Blood? Blood? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Blood? <laughs> I love that reaction. You were like, does this help? Yeah. What, you're afraid, like, the, the sight of, the sight of blood? Yeah, he's like, don't even say, you brought it up. <laughs> sharks? You're afraid of sharks? Yeah, I think, I think that one's avoidable. <laughs> like, are you really, like, really scared? Like, you wake up in the middle of the night, like, honey, did, did you drain the bathtub? I don't <laughs> what else? Needles, you're the, the homeless one, right? Do you like, well, that's. <laughs> needles can lead to homelessness, so. Bears. Bears, oh, I like that one. Have you had uh, like a traumatic experience with a bear? I like to watch bear wrestling. <laughs> Hold on. You like to watch bear wrestling? Or are we not talking about animals anymore, are we? <laughs> Did you hear over here? She explained to her friend, bear wrestling. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should be afraid of homelessness. I'm afraid of spiders, and it's bad. Like, I don't know how my body's going to react, what I'm going to do. I was... Um, 
driving down the 405 here in Los Angeles, which is one of the widest freeways in America. At one point, it's 18 lanes, nine on each side. I'm in the fast lane, and a spider, a hairy one, that matters, <laughs> came out from behind the sun visor and skittered back out of sight. So I went across all the lanes. <laughs> I didn't change lanes. I drove sideways. You, like, have you ever played Frogger? Like you to that point where you just hold the button and hope it all works out. That's what I did, and I was fine. I mean, I don't know what happened behind me, but I made it to the shoulder, hopped out, slammed the visor down. Spider wasn't there, so I called AAA. <laughs> it's the service they provide. They don't know it. You just have to do it right. <laughs> when the guy got there, he was like, so what's the problem again? And I was like, there was smoke coming from the dash, so if you could just check all the crevices. <laughs> By the way, the next time you see that, like, abandoned car dangerously parked on the side of the road, don't judge that person. <laughs> you don't know. There could have been, a, you know, needles in the glove compartment. <laughs> My parents were very strict in every way. <laughs> like, I rarely, you know, got to go to friends' houses to, to play. Bedtime was 8 o'clock till I was, you know... 15. Got three siblings. Uh, we were all homeschooled. My uh, mom was not happy with the public school system, and so she made sure that we grew up without any social skills. It's all I knew. So to me, it would, that was, you know, the world. Like, I still have conversations with, with adults, and adults refer to memories. They qualify them with in the third grade and the fourth grade, and I still... To me, it's all ages. I don't know what those mean. At one point, I, I memorized that fifth, you're 10 years old when you're in fifth grade, so I work like up or down based on that one, but I have to take a minute to do the math when I'm talking to somebody. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey y'all, it's Fem. It's Jaden. It's Carly Hansen. It's Oliver Tree. What's going on? It's Ian Dior, and we all know Valentine's Day is the most romantic time of the year. Whatever. My friends and I are about to turn the whole holiday upside down in our new scripted holiday series, Valentine's Day in Hell. First we spent Halloween in Hell. Now you're invited to be a part of the next musical podcast from our In Hell series. This time around, the devil is playing games with all of our hearts trying to ruin our Valentine's Day plans by dragging us down to the depths of hell. In each episode, you're going to hear new original music from artists like Ian Dior, Jaden, Carly Hansen, and me, Fat. Tune in to the Valentine's Day in Hell comedy horror musical podcast. Subscribe for full episodes, bonus material, and original music. This February, check out Valentine's Day in Hell. Brought to you by Audio Up and Podcast One. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. How many of you bought uh, lottery tickets last year when that Powerball went over a billion dollars? Anyone else? Yeah, I never bought a lottery ticket in my life. Never even gambled before other than throwing away every jury summons. 
You can do that. It's a rush. I bought a lottery ticket, and it wasn't just me. It was on the news. There were thousands of first-time lottery ticket buyers. People lined up around buildings for hours, which is crazy in retrospect, because that means that even when that jackpot had gotten up to 900 million, most of us were still like, no, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) What's left after taxes? The crazier part are the odds. One in 300 million, those are your chances. We can't even wrap our minds around how impossibly big... 300 million people live in this country. Okay, if they changed how they chose the winner but kept the same odds, no one would ever buy a ticket. If they were like, hey, we've hidden a billion dollars in a random kitchen somewhere within the United States of America. Now, you give us two dollars, you get one shot to guess the address. Like, none of us would even have that stupid thought, well, if I give him $10, I do get five guesses. (laughs) I was looking at a map of the United States. Just picture the map in your head. I know that we were generally formed from east to west, okay? Right to left. But it looks like it was the other way around. It looks like there was one guy in charge of designing the entire country, and his boss just gave him an outline to start with, and he's like, you gotta divide this into 50 starting from the left side. And the guy was like, oh yeah, there's plenty of room. (laughs) I hate buying milk. I don't have segues. You ever go to buy milk when that's all you need so you don't grab a basket or a cart, you just grab the milk and then it becomes a test of physical endurance? <laughs> Trading it from hand to hand, it's heavy, it's cold. If there are any like milk designers in the crowd, <laughs> I just want to let you know, you're not impressing anyone. We don't need milk in the handle. <laughs> what is that for? Nothing else comes that way. Nobody asks for food in the grabby part. (laughs) They don't sell milk the way they sell their stuff either, right? You grab a bag of marshmallows off the shelf, all the other marshmallows don't come at you. (laughs) But milk, one of the heaviest things there, they sell on a ramp that's aimed at your face. All right, pull one gallon off, seven others slam forward, it's 2%, you want a non-fat, but you can't put it back. I discovered, though, you push those other milks hard enough, they disappear. (laughs) I always had a journal. I tried to write funny stories to try and make my whole family laugh. I went back to one of them recently. It's called Bob. It was about an 11-year-old kid. And I was, even though it was a silly story, it was what I sort of could relate to, was this kid who was kind of distant from his parents to the point where they uh, they timed it just right so when he walked out to the school bus, the sprinklers went on. Like, they were sort of in the extreme end of the spectrum where they're, like, playing pranks on their own son. But then I had my parents read it, and they didn't. They just thought it was funny. They didn't see it as a reflection. <laughs> I wish, yeah, as a kid, I could have been like, don't you understand the satire? The only thing I hate about Costco is that first 50 feet. When you walk in, there's just an awkward aisle of vendors barking at you. It's uncomfortable for me. I just came here to pick up a rotisserie chicken, right? Not to, like, make a massage chair impulse buy. <laughs> 
you see the size of my cart? It doesn't make sense. I usually pull this move. I just tell them that I have whatever they're selling, and you can avoid that conversation. But the one guy last December, I'd never seen this before. I haven't seen it since. He had a couple of robot vacuums going back and forth on a strip of carpet. I thought I was ready. He said, excuse me, sir. I said, I've got a Roomba. And then he said, does it get the corners? <laughs> I looked down, they were square, whatever. The point is, they weren't Roombas, but it's crazy that a rival company was thinking that like the, the thing preventing potential Roomba customers was the shape. When Roomba came out, it was just amazing. Nobody cared. No one was like, oh, I see that it's this vacuum from the future that does everything by itself. But does it get like, you know, like the last two inches where the walls meet and I stand so often? <laughs> No, call back when it's a rhombus. You <laughs> can explain rhombus to her. So he goes to hand me a business card, and this is 100% true, one of the proudest moments of my life. I took the card, threw it down in front of one of the oncoming vacuums, and said, I live in a lighthouse. I got a high school degree when I was 13. And at the time, I thought it was cool that I found this thing. It wasn't the GED, it was this other test. You could be any age to take it if you got permission. And, and I took it, and I was like, how oh, cool, I'll be done with college. Uh, but it was, it was a mistake in, in retrospect, because I wasn't a prodigy. Like, I, I found, like, I was never on Oprah. I, was, I wasn't playing, like, sonatas when I was four. I just found uh, a, essentially a flaw in the system. And now I'm going to to college and I, uh, I loved being with people my age, but I didn't even think that through. To me, what was more important was the clever idea that it was to, to get ahead, you know? And I didn't even know what getting ahead even meant, you know? I was, I was still watching Animaniacs. <laughs> and now I'm gonna decide what my major is. Like, I didn't, there was no joy in any of it. So I was probably the youngest dropout that San Jose State has had. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. Let me tell you about my podcast. We do it uh, every single day, so you can subscribe, and there'll always be a fresh one waiting for you. It's about two hours of uh, topics, topical topics, and news, and guests, and uh, comedians, and, of course, my own vitriolic take on uh, just about everything that's going on in the world. Plus... Um, we get a lot of really interesting, uh, notable people who come in. We'll get politicians, we'll get uh, tastemakers, we'll get stand-ups, we'll get uh, authors, we'll get uh, pundits, we'll get, uh, what I say? Well, I think about covers it all, celebrities as well. And uh, we'll do some really interesting interviews with them. You can get The Adam Carolla Show wherever you download your podcast. Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I got a lawnmower at Costco, 
Uh, that's the great thing about Costco, right? If you ever just need, like, chips and a jacuzzi. <laughs> I notice the throttle on every lawnmower has uh, speeds on it, but they're not labeled with words fast or slow. Instead, there's a picture of a rabbit and a turtle, which is crazy. Because that means every lawnmower factory, they're just shipping them out. Like, yeah, we don't care if anyone can read. Just as long as they know all their fables. <laughs> By the way, Aesop is exclusive to lawnmowers. You don't see fairy tale pictures stamped on other stuff. Imagine that guy with the leaf blower is like, I'm going to crank this up to a big bad wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who's mowed a lawn, who uses the turtle setting? <laughs> who's getting up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday going, you know what, I want this to take extra long. <laughs> Just one of those blades to lightly slap the grass, you know? <laughs> it's my last story about Costco. At one point, they were selling down comforters in big boxes that said temperature technology. They weren't, they didn't plug them in or anything. They were just down comforters. You guys have probably seen this phrase, though. Uh, it said that they were warm in the winter, cool in the summer. No. <laughs> warm in the winter, unbearably hot in July. <laughs> it's a blanket. It can't just change its mind. <laughs> if down could do that, geese wouldn't fly thousands of miles. <laughs> so weird when they just put technology, they say technology is in things. I would love to call their customer service and be like, yeah, I'm still sweating under this duvet. Could you connect me with IT? <laughs> I bought deodorant that says that it's motion activated. Which is great, because my last deodorant did not know what was going on. I think it was analog. Growing up, I always felt like my parents were very busy, and, and talking to them, other than like at the dinner table, was almost an intrusion. Uh, so I just did things on my own. We were raised that way. And your parents were okay with you paying for college? No, yeah, I think they thought that it was, you know, building independence or whatever. And uh, there is that part of me that I don't look to ask for money from anyone. But then there's that other part where I'm, I don't feel like I can ever ask for help. Yeah, why? What is that all about? Do you feel weak? Do you feel vulnerable? If I ask, if I ask someone for help, if I can't do something without help, then I'm not doing it right. And I know, I know that's not how it should be, but it, I think it, it comes from, from how I was raised. You better be able to, you know, just do it right the first time. Evolution makes sense to me for animals and plants, just not people. I just, I just don't see how we could be connected to chimpanzees or anything before that, because if you believe that we come from a billion years of genetic mutation to arrive at the hyper-dominant species of the planet, we have zero survival skills. When did those go out the window? I have no idea how to live outside. None of us do, inherently. Just the fact that we had to make up the word outdoors should be a clue. <laughs> There's no outdoors. This is just what exists, right? We're the ones who invented the doors. 
Sometimes we try hard to make the indoors look like outdoors. Have you ever been to a rainforest cafe? <laughs> the only jungle that needs to be dusted? Think of the last time that you had to sleep outside all night when you hadn't planned on doing it. Okay, it's not a beautiful connection with Mother Nature. It's a horrible memory preceded by an evening of poor choices. Think of this, imagine your favorite wild animal, like you take care of it from infancy to a couple of months old and let it go into its natural habitat. It'll figure things out, right? Every animal's brain is wired for shelter. It knows if it needs to dig a hole, climb a tree, gonna be okay. But put a human in the wild at two months. Put me at my age, now. You just left me alone to survive in a forest? I wouldn't make it. I would die before my phone did. <laughs> right before that, I'd open my Compass app for the first time in my life. I'd still not even know how to use it. I'd be like, does North just take you to a city? I was driving through Wyoming last year, just the middle of nowhere on a two-lane highway on the way to a gig, and there's construction or something up ahead, so traffic was moving so slowly that a cow started walking the same speed as my car, and it terrified me. <laughs> okay, I grew up in San Francisco, live in L.A. now, never seen a cow in 3D. But if you aren't raised with them, they're scary, okay? Their head is way bigger than you ever thought it would be. And they have like this unblinking eye. So here's my point. If you really think that we came from eons of evolution, there should have been some pre-programmed response up here for that situation to like sharpen a stick, stab it, kill it, eat it, okay? Here's what I did without even thinking about it. I locked my doors. <laughs> When did that twitch happen in our development? That was my biological reaction <laughs> to a huge cow face. And what did I think the cow was even gonna do? Like, oh man. <laughs> it wasn't fast enough, I was gonna get him. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> gonna add in some choices for the editor there. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that last one. <laughs> I'm able to manage those moments at least now, recognize the moments where I'm not going to ask for help, no matter how, like, for example, how destitute I might be during a hypothetical world pandemic and I don't have work for 147 days. <laughs> how did I just came up with that? The other thing that doesn't really jive with evolution are penguins, at least the ones that live in Antarctica. I don't know how they got there, but they seem cold. <laughs> like every other animal in the South Pole has at least eight inches of blubber or fur keeping them warm. Penguins walk like they're wearing wet pants. <laughs> they huddle together for warmth. This is true. Every year there's a group of penguins that walks 80 miles round trip for food, if you believe Morgan Freeman. But here's the thing. I do, and if these poor things have been walking 80 miles every year for the past million years, why don't they have knees yet? <laughs> That's how evolution is supposed to work, right? For some reason their wings didn't work out, couldn't they at least get some bendy legs?
You ever see them do that thing where they slide on their bellies into the ocean? They never mean to do that. <laughs> they just trip and they're like, well, I can't get up. <laughs> Guess I'll learn how to swim underwater. I'm a bird. <laughs> hey, guys, that's it for me. Thank you so much. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.